sit back, relax, you got nothing to lose. What do you think I'm about to show you? The female of the species is more deadly than a male. Show me your movie, you can say it again. Just wait till you see what I did at the end. The female of the species is more deadly than a male. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies directed exclusively by women-identified directors, which prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. More Deadly is a trans-inclusive podcast where we celebrate the work of cis and trans women, as well as non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in a space that centers the work of women. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. It's the one and only Ariel. (laughs) (laughs) What a nice introduction. Thank you. I know I just need you to do that every time I enter a room. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Done. Check. You're going to get real sick of it real fast. You're going to get sick of it hearing it sooner than I'm going to get sick of doing it because I enjoy doing it a lot. And I will say, this is our last recording before Thanksgiving, and yeah. I want to take a moment to say one of the things that I am most thankful for is your friendship. And that's not bullshit. That's true facts. I know. I feel the same way. You and I recorded, like, banked some episodes. Yeah. And so we hadn't had a chance to, like, visit for a while because we've both been so busy. Yeah. And it's been very nice to chat with you again. I, I missed know. you. I know. I missed you, too. I mean, it's funny because we work together, so we talk, like, almost every day. But I know. We're, like, it's not but the it's same. Like, well, it's also, it's, like, on a work slack, so we're, like, keep it profesh. You right. know what I mean? Like, we don't want all of, I mean, people who listen to the show know what freaking weirdos we are. People at work, they don't know. No, we can't. They don't know. Happen. Nobody can know. <laughs> and so we, like, we can't, like, occasionally I'll have to say something crazy, and I'll be like, I'm side chatting you on the Discord. <laughs> but still i totally agree the point is it at the time we were like this is genius this is going to give us a break october is so insane i was in like full mental unravel mode by the end of it i know you were too yep but (laughs) what i didn't think about was it meant there was like three weeks where we did not talk i know it's too long it's too long well let's not do that again until next october yeah right (laughs) awesome awesome all right so ariel it yeah. has been a while. It has. What has been going on? Anything weird we need to know? Any updates? <laughs> Any, have you had a chance? Do you have the neighbors moved in upstairs? Were you able to scare them off with bugs? Like, what's going on in your neighborhood? I need the full <laughs> update. So they were going to start uh, showing the apartment upstairs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, I decided mm-hmm. to put our plan into action or the tree radio's plan into action. What? Yeah. So for those of you maybe who like just stumbled onto our podcast, I am attempting to keep people from moving into my upstairs apartment (laughs) because I've had really insane neighbors who are either rude or have very loud sex. And either way, I need them to not be there. (laughs) They're very, very thin walls. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Rachel and our buddies at Trick or Treat Radio came up with this plan of putting like caution tape over the door and like fake dead cockroaches. 
yes. and to see if I could like scare people away. Spook them away. Yeah. So I did that. <laughs> you did it? Yeah, hold on. Oh, you guys, I did not know this. I did not. I was, I thought I've been for keeping it a secret. You have been keeping it a secret. How hard has it been to keep the secret? So, so difficult. Hold on. I'm going to send you a picture. Oh, my, oh okay. We'll I put this in the show notes. You on Slack. Oh, see, this is like the other day when I was sending you, when I was sending you messages accidentally yeah. on the Slack. This is the danger zone. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Okay. All right. I'm going to describe what I see when it comes through. I'm right now. I'm just staring at our discord, which by the way, if you're a patron, you could be on this discord. I'm just saying. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're going to put this in the show notes. Don't you worry. You will also see this. I am looking at a door. It is a beige door with a knocker and like, uh, what is that called? The siding where it's sort of like slat siding. Like, yeah, I don't know what that's called. It's ugly, whatever it is. Okay. Well, it's a pretty color. Well, I'll look at that. <laughs> and then in front of it is crossed crime scene. Do not cross. And then there is a close-up photo. If you look down at the ground, and there is a sprinkling <laughs> of cockroaches in front. Of I didn't the want door. it to do too many because I was. It looked too fake when I put a bunch of them out there. So I just put a few. All right. Tell me about how this all went down. Okay, like, so did I, you go at night? Like, tell me everything. Yes. This is amazing. Oh my god, I can't, I'm so excited you did this. So, um, my building super had to come into my apartment to fix a light in my bathroom, and so he just happened to mention that they were about to start showing the upstairs apartment because it was going to be oh, loud, and he was like giving me a heads shit. up. And so I snuck up there after dark. Now, one of my neighbors did see me and looked very confused, and I just said. <laughs> Like in the act or yes. like creeping down the hall with crime singing tape? No. Well, no. It was like I had all of the accoutrement like on the ground next to me and I was taking a picture with my cell phone. Oh, no. And they came they out and were like, up. what the fuck is this person doing? To be honest, they probably realized what you were doing and were grateful. Maybe because they just looked at me and then like turned away and went into their apartment without (laughs) saying anything. Like no questions were asked. Nothing. Like I I was ready to start explaining myself. But be Portland weird and you know weird shit happens. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) So yeah, I did that like after dark, and then I just like scurried back to my own apartment. Okay. And then they showed the apartment. Now, here's the disappointing part. No! The next time I went up there, all the stuff was gone. So, like, I bet. somebody got rid of it, sadly. And okay. I have heard people going up there. So, my thought is, one, I either keep doing it and, yeah. like, hope that it just, like, deters enough people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. I do the second plan which i think had something to do with like waiting until somebody was viewing the apartment and then like putting my speaker up to the ceiling with like ghost noises and saying i could like make them think it was haunted so i don't know one way or the other though i think we're like in the middle of the month by the end of the month they're probably gonna have it rented so (sighs) if i can't if i can't do something about it bed bugs sake (laughs) that's like so I, mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm not telling you to plant them in there i'm just thinking like uh-huh. if there was anything that was going to deter me from renting a place yeah. like ghosts maybe probably not to be honest i mean although i'd be you. annoyed that no. they weren't splitting the rent <laughs> you know loud noises smells like those kinds of things but the number mm-hmm. one thing above all would be fear of bed bug 
That's true. I would never want to move into some place that I knew had bed bugs. No. But they're very small, so I don't know how you like trick somebody into that. Well, that's what I was trying to say. Like, was trying to see no if there furniture. was some like, like if there was some sort of tape or something that was like bed bugs don't enter or something. Oh, I, I see what you're for. saying. Like, yeah. bed bug remediation. Yes, exactly. Maybe some I could kind print of... one out and like tape it to the door. Or like, I don't know, like, yeah, like a, get a business card, like a bed bugs business card, and be yes. like, I heard about your problem. <laughs> Call me, and then like stick it in the door. That would work. That's actually, kind of brilliant. Yeah, okay, how I might have to try that. Bed bug business card. Like, is do you? I'm guessing you don't walk by a place that has. <laughs> That are bed bug exterminators? Yes, or just exterminators generally. Like you, you just you just need an exterminator card and be like, That's I heard true. about the bed, your bed bug problem. Call me, I'll hook you up with a good deal or something <laughs> like that. You know yeah, what I, I mean? I don't know where there's an exterminator near me, but there probably is one somewhere, right? I probably could um, find it. Well, I think you're gonna have to ask Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> Go on to www.google.com and search ask Jeeves. <laughs> dot com and then it'll click on the askjeeves.com and does ask him still exist like is that still a website you can go to i hope so ask (laughs) and do you still have to like write your search in the form of a question uh it's now just called ask which oh well that's boring um and i it might be more of like a site with like 20 best podcasts of 2022 well, that's better. We better be on there. I'm, I'm <laughs> nope, nope. Although that is a really good podcast. These are actually good podcasts. Damn it. Now you can't be annoyed. <laughs> now I can't be annoyed. But, anyways, keep us abreast. I will. And I will uh, let you know. I will definitely, yeah, definitely let me know. Any nudity sightings, anything like that of that variety we need to know about? Any PT cruisers creeping about? <laughs> no, but it's like, it's cold and it's rainy. So I think I might be in the clear till next spring. That's my hope. Wow, anyways. you got real lucky this summer. Right? You only, you I know. Su- I mean, there like, I think any. you count the boobs on both hands. Yeah. Which normally you could not. That's true. You're right. Look at us. Wow. As Maybe this neighborhood has turned wrong. over a new leaf. <laughs> yep. See, it's like never nudes. Like we're going in and doing some sort of never nude version of gentrifying in your neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) Please, all the never nudes come here. (laughs) There are dozens of us. Dozens. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, what do you say we actually get into our review? Yeah, Um, let's do it. I'm excited about this one. In case somebody came in. For the first time, which <laughs> this would be a wild place to start. <laughs> I feel like we could say that a lot of times, though. We talk about guess, some weird yeah. shit on here. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But can you let any new listeners know how we handle spoilers on Modele? Yeah. So eventually, Rachel and I are going to spoil this whole dang movie, which, by the yeah, way, we are. we are covering Five Nights at Freddy's today. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to spoil it eventually. But first, I'm going to tell you about the director, Emma Tammy, and the making of this movie. And then Rachel and I are going to give you some non-spoiler thoughts, let you know if you should check this one out. And then Rachel will drop another spoiler warning. And at that yep. point, we're going to talk about all of it, all the like little twists and ending and everything. So if that bothers you, hop off, go watch it on Peacock and then come back. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, why don't you tell me a little bit about the director and the making of this here movie film? All right. So Five Nights at Freddy's was directed by Emma Tammy. She grew up in New York City and was first introduced to filmmaking by her parents, who were both actors. 
After graduating from Wesleyan University, she did an internship with Robert Altman, the famous director for movies like MASH, Gosford Park, The Player, stuff like that. He was a huge influence on her even when she was a kid, and her parents were kind of encouraging her to get into movie making in some way. So she actually started her career in filmmaking, making documentaries. In 2014, she co-directed one about endurance running called Fair Chase, and then two years later, she made one called Election Day Lens Across America about the 2016 presidential election. And it was actually a documentary that she made with Blumhouse. So it kind of started her relationship with them oh, because they were the ones who produced this Election Day documentary. Mm, mm-hmm. So it was making documentaries that Emma Tammy kind of credits for teaching her a lot of the skills that she would need to make her first feature film. She said that like working with a tiny budget, having to wear a ton of different hats from like producing and camera operating to editing and directing. She learned all of that while making these documentaries and it kind of set her up for success when she wanted to make her first feature. Awesome. So next, she was approached by the producers of that Fair Chase documentary. They were looking for somebody to direct a supernatural horror movie about being alone out in the Old West. I love that movie. So they remembered how she was able to capture New Mexico in her documentary, and they wanted that same backdrop for this movie. So in 2018, she was hired to direct The Wind, which is the movie you're saying you loved. Yes. And if you, (laughs) we have not gotten around to reviewing it on this podcast, but Mars and Rachel reviewed it on episode 68 of Stream Queens. If you're interested in hearing her thoughts. Yeah. It's a very good movie. Although we have done another one of our films, though, we right? Did. We did. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. You continue. I'm, I'm <laughs> Look at me trying to, like, skip to the end. My bad, my bad, my bad. No, I'm just about to get to it. So her experience directing The Wind was so positive that she decided right then and there that she wanted to make feature films for the rest of her career. Oh, I love that. I know. And The Wind ended up being so well-received that Blumhouse ended up hiring her to make two episodes of their Hulu anthology movie series, Into the Dark. Mm-hmm. So in 2020, she directed Delivered, which was about an expectant mother fighting for her life against like a psychopathic woman who wants her baby. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that one, Rachel. I have. It's very good. It's very entertaining. Awesome. And then uh, the next year in 2021, she directed Blood Moon, which is the one you were just talking yes. about. Yes. So <laughs> this one is about a woman named Esme and her 10-year-old son, Luna, who moved to a small desert town looking for a fresh start, but they soon start attracting all the wrong kinds of attention. So if you're interested in that, we reviewed Blood Moon on episode 28 of this podcast back in 2021, and you can go listen to that one to hear our thoughts. So her work on these two episodes of Into the Dark and The Wind being well-received is why Jason Blum contacted her when he was eventually looking for a director for a film adaptation of the popular video game series Five Nights at Freddy's, the movie we're talking about tonight. So for those not in the know, I don't know, Rachel, did you ever play this game? I never really got into these games, and the person that made them kind of sucks. So I oh, really? I got around to actually. Get, yeah, so like once I knew that, I was like, well, I guess I'll never play those games. Oh, okay, interesting. I didn't realize that, which I probably should have known that. I played the first one because my sister's kids were oh. like really into it. And then <laughs> I don't know if you know this about the Five Nights at Freddy's sort of universe, but there's like tons of extended lore about it. And, like, insane amounts of fan theories and, like, tons Mm -hmm. of YouTubers who make, like, countless videos. 
Well, over the past, like, I don't know, almost decade or something since these stick games started, I have yeah. watched so many YouTube videos. That's so good. Okay, well, so I'm glad many. for the extended episode. <laughs> I, did, I started to try to look into the lore for the extended yeah. episode, and then it was like a lot, and then I was like, screw that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so lazy. Much. <laughs> but I'm so glad I did it now because you, I assume, because you don't play video games. I don't. The odds no. that you are the one who's played these games, and I am the one who is not. <laughs> I've played a tiny bit of like the first video game, but I have been subjected to hours and hours of like lore videos. You're a good aunt. You're a good aunt. (laughs) So we'll see how much of it I can remember. But anyways, the video game series Five Nights at Freddy's was created by Scott Cawthon. I'm guessing this is the guy that's not very good. (laughs) Okay. So the first game came out in 2014, and since then, there have been a total of nine core games, plus a ton of spinoff games and even a book series. And if you're wondering if I've read any of that, yes, I have. No! (laughs) Just the first one, but yeah. So the original game is set in basically a Chuck E. Cheese stand-in called Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. Mm-hmm. And you play as a nighttime employee and you use like the security camera feeds to monitor the animatronics throughout your shift as they like try to attack you and stuff. So ever since that first game was made in 2014, Scott Cawthon has been trying to get a movie, a movie adaptation off the ground. And Warner Brothers was originally set to make it, but it never happened. And so after wasting away in development for years, Blumhouse ended up buying the rights in 2017. But it's gone through, like, multiple hands of, like, different directors since then. So in 2018, Chris Columbus, who, Rachel, you probably recognize that game because he wrote The Goonies and Gremlins. Uh Uh-huh. And directed Home Alone and, like, some of the Harry Potter movies. Yep. So (laughs) (laughs) So he wrote a script for the film that apparently Jason Blum really loved, but Scott Cawthon, the creator, didn't like them, and he ended up having final say. Like, I guess it's written into the contract that he can just say no to things. So several scripts were written, and Blum said that they were trying to kind of thread this needle of making Scott Cawthon happy and also being true to the video games, and they just, like, sort of hadn't found that sweet spot yet. So then in 2022, Cawthon finally approved a script that was written by Emma Tammy, the director we're talking about today. Oh, so, Emma. Get it, Emma. Yeah, she co-wrote it with Scott Cudaback, and she talked in multiple interviews about wanting to write Don't a script. Don't trust that guy. Do not trust that guy. Which, the co-writer? Scott Scott Cudaback? Mm. <laughs> I don't know if I said that right. It's C-U-D-D-E <laughs> back. Like, I don't know how else you would say it. Kudabak? Kudabak? That might be more like it. Mm, Stabby, stabby. Okay, (laughs) go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) So she talked in multiple interviews about wanting to write a script that honored the fan base and all of the lore in the games. So there was already a base script that she was working off of and that she said that she wanted to really focus in on Mike, the security guard's relationship with his little sister, Abby, because I guess some of that was in the script and she wanted to really like build on that and Mm -hmm. also include kind of as much lore and like Easter eggs for the fans as she possibly could. Got it. So once they had their script, then they needed the animatronics. And that's where Jim Henson's Creature Shop came in. Yeah. Okay, that explains Because, like, I mean, I'm sure we'll have some criticisms for this film. But, like, the actual animatronics. So good, right? They're awesome. I know. Yeah. (laughs) 
Like, I love Mr. Cupcake. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Cupcake is very fun. (laughs) So, yeah. So, Jim Henson's Creature Shop created the animatronics. And she said that she didn't actually have to write the script to the capabilities of the animatronics. Instead, she was able to just write the script how she wanted. And the Creature Shop was able to create the animatronics that could do what she needed them to do, which is really cool. And I guess some things were puppeteered and other parts of it were remote controlled. Like some of their expressions, like the eyebrows raising and stuff Uh was remote controlled. And Uh then other times they had people wearing the suits. Very cool. There was, I remember there was this one reality show that it was like you, the the prize was to get a job at the Henson shop. And it was like all these people who like, that's what they did was like make animatronics. and That's so cool. I want to see that show. It was great. I I think it was only one season, which is a shame because Uh. it was absolutely awesome awesome to watch all of the different ways that you can like make puppets and the way that they move and yeah look, like some of them is it has to be you know like have some sort of motor in it and other things right you could do with your hand it was just a really really cool show well that's a bummer i want to see that what there's a whole season of it out there waiting <laughs> for you good news <laughs> all right so the film stars mary stewart masterson matthew yeah. lillard mm-hmm. josh hutcherson and Piper Rubio, who was in, I think she was in that show, You, you know, the stocky one. Mm-hmm. She's the first season girly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So they also, on top of these actors, were able to get a bunch of YouTubers who make FNAF content to be in the film oh, as well. Oh, interesting. Is it like, all, is it all the like babysitter crew? No, actually. <laughs> oh, JK. So, um, so Corey X Kenshin, he is the cab driver, which okay. is why you kind of get him in a, that scene plus at the very end, which is why you get him in that scene. And then also at that very end, like the after credit scene. I don't know if you uh-huh. saw that. I did. So, yeah, he was the cab driver. And then the other person that was in there was a total surprise to all of us. So I watched this for the first time with my sister's kids and like other gen z people (laughs) so there was one specific youtuber that they really like called matt pat he does those game theory videos i don't know if you've Uh ever seen those sure (laughs) i'm a citizen of the internet i know things i'm cool So anyways, he had been saying for like months that he wasn't going to be in this movie and his fans were like outraged about this because he has made so many videos and his videos are so popular that everybody like kind of credits him for keeping the fan base alive, you know? Mm -hmm. And so people were like, I can't believe he's not in this. Anyways, he shows up in like a surprise role. He's the waiter. The waiter. Waiter. At the diner. Oh, oh, like when the when the aunt is like meeting yes. with people. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> so okay. he says in there, I have a theory or it's just a theory or something, which is part of his like catchphrase where he's like, oh, okay, so did everybody just like scream? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because he'll say like, it's just a theory, a game theory at like the end of every video he makes. So cute. That's yes. fun. That's really fun. <laughs> I wish I had known all this. Like that. I feel like. I feel like I missed out on a lot of fun stuff by not being a part of the fandom for this. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like anti this. I just, I'm just not, you know, I just, it's, I missed it. I mean, I would have too. Oh, and then in the background in one of the scenes, there's a huge wall of like employee of the month photographs. And those are all FNAF YouTubers too. FNAF. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's what they all say. It's like, no, it is. It's just a funny word. FNAF. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. (laughs) 
So the movie premiered on October 27th, both in theaters and on Peacock. Now, Five Nights at Freddy's, this is kind of incredible, but it set an opening weekend record for Blumhouse. That's so amazing. I know. So the, the movie cost about $20 million to make, and they had predicted that it would take in $50 million domestically on its opening weekend, and it ended up taking in $80 million. Yes. Get it, Emma. <laughs> it ended up beating out Blumhouse's movie Megan, you know, that was a smash Whoa. hit earlier this year. It took in more money than that. Whoa. And... Blumhouse's previous record holder, Halloween 2018, what? which was its highest grossing movie to date, it's Beat It. Hell <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Get ready for a whole lot of FNAF. I know. They're going to make so many. <laughs> and as of this recording, it has racked up over $250 million at the box office. Which is amazing considering it was also on same day streaming. I know. I know. I mean, I think that's like the those young fans wanting the theater experience. You yeah, know? I guess so. That's amazing. That yeah. makes me really happy for her. I know. And reportedly, that is just like opportunity. Opportunity is going to start coming no kidding. her way. No that's kidding. so cool. Yeah. If you can make something that financially successful. Yeah. I mean, 20 million and it's already made that much money is crazy. Yeah. Like Jason Blum just bought a new boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and reportedly for her role as director and co-writer, she made 500000 And also it's like undisclosed, but some kind of percentage of profit. Yes. So. Go on, Emma. <laughs> so unfortunately, I have no idea what she's making next. But Blumhouse's original plan was to make a Five Nights at Freddy's trilogy. And considering how much money it's made, I oh, can't imagine happening. they won't do that. Plus, they obviously were like setting that up with this movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, in interviews, Emma Tammy has said that there are characters and plot points that are kind of sprinkled throughout this movie that she wants to continue in future ones. So she's totally up to making another one if they ask. So hopefully they will. Awesome. Or somebody else will like sweep in with an even better offer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's exciting. I'm just delighted anytime we see someone like this succeed. She worked really hard. I know. And like she got she got kind of the uh, a movie that typically goes to like some up and coming yeah. dude. So yep. for her to do it and have such success is so awesome. I know. It's awesome. I know. It's really exciting. Especially considering that there were like a bunch of other people connected to this film before and yeah. it just never came together. It's making me think a little bit of like the backstory to, for American Psycho, right? Yeah, like that bounced all over the place. Yeah, and that's finally true. like got went to her, got taken away, and, and like, and then it ultimately it's become just like this total cult classic. Yep, that's awesome. And I do feel like there is a a generation of kids that are going to grow up on this thing. It's slumber parties. Mm -hmm. You know, this is going to be like Guaranteed. a touchstone, a hundred percent. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Awesome. Well, that is fascinating and very, very cool. I celebrate her success without reservation. Yeah. So let's get into our thoughts on the movie itself. Okay. Would you like me to go first? Since yeah, you've been go for it. Okay. Give you a little break. Okay. I looked it up and to be honest, I had a feeling this would be the case when I looked it up. Okay. I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes. Have you looked at it? Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> so the critic score is 30%. It's really low. Yeah. But the audience score is 87%. Which feels, I, I honestly kind of feel like that spread is maybe correct in some ways, but. Literally my thoughts exactly. Yeah. I feel like that is correct. I think mm -hmm. that this movie is quite silly. 
which is honestly exactly what it should be. Like it, I don't need it to be super, super serious. Right. Yeah. And I think if we talk about this movie through a strictly critical lens, our critiques are going to sound probably harsh. But I also think if we talk about it in terms of was it fun? Was I entertained? Is there actually a lot more here to chew on than I expected? The answer is yes. I, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised by certain aspects of this. Mm-hmm. Like, And so to me, when I look at those scores, that's how I feel about it as well. I feel like yeah. that's absolutely correct. I think the performances here are really solid. I think Josh, Josh Hutcherson is taking this role very so seriously. seriously. <laughs> yeah. Like he is bringing the trauma, the pathos. Like he is acting like so straight in this movie. Whereas like Matthew Lillard and Mary Stuart Masterson are like giving full camp performances. Oh, yeah. I think the uh, little sister Abby is actually pretty adorable and avoids coming off as being super precocious for the most part, which is good because that would definitely be a movie ruining thing for me. <laughs> Probably like the only person here who like didn't really sound to me was uh, Vanessa, the actor yeah. who played Vanessa. I think, I think she's kind of the weakest link of the cast because she's like somewhere in the middle, right? Like yeah. she's kind of serious, but also kind of camp. And I think you have to pick a lane with this movie and she's just like way too hot to be a cop but but you know it's ridiculous it's ridiculous um i definitely have some issues with some of the plot aspects of this this thing is when we get to the synopsis this thing it has a lot i know plot, it does but there's like a whole dream sequence situation in this that yeah. i think was actually pretty eerie the way mm-hmm. that it was done like how we get there is a little strange but like there's kind of this almost like folk horror aspect to it with you know that I worked for me visually like yeah. the way all of that was presented I thought was pretty great there is some fun twists and some turns and some unexpected like deviations and plot that I wasn't expecting um that caught me off guard and it has some fun kills and it has a little bit of a mean streak which I appreciated mm-hmm. so I think kind of overall by no means is this a perfect film uh I think that there are definitely some issues with it, which I'm sure we'll get into. But what I do feel like comes across is that Emma Tammy was taking this very seriously. Like she set out to make, she's not here just cashing a check. She set out to make a film. And I, I think she did because of that, it elevated it from being just some sort of silly gimmick film and allowed me to actually have like a really surprisingly fun time with this those are my thoughts i want to hear as we actually have not touched down on this (laughs) i have no idea how you feel about this movie so your turn you tell me so what are your thoughts i think we actually have remarkably similar perspectives when this first came out like some people on like horror twitter saw this like before i got a chance to and there were so many like really harsh critiques of this movie and I honestly don't think it's totally warranted. I right. get that if you're there, there is a way that you could look at this movie, like you were saying, and be critical and like pick stuff apart. I just don't think that's what this movie was meant for, really. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fun popcorn movie. And mm-hmm. if somebody was designing a Five Nights at Freddy's movie specifically for me, it would have been a lot darker and gorier. You would have ratcheted right. up that tension and those jump scares that are in the original video game. But I think this version was a ton of fun and makes so much sense for, like, the kids who love these video games, you know? Totally. I don't know. 
I <laughs> I have absorbed so much of that lore over the years <laughs> that I had fun noticing a lot of the Easter eggs that were there for fans too. So I can imagine if you were, you know, 10 or 14 or whatever and watching this in the theater, like how exciting it would have been to have seen yeah. all of these different things. I mean, even that um, song at the end, I knew because I've heard that song. Oh, like yeah. 50 million times. <laughs> yeah. <That's so laughs> I know funny. who the band is. <laughs> like, oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just like all of these like fun surprises. And it's like, yeah, I could have done with more people being murdered. And I wish we had gotten more of Matthew Lillard because he's great. And yeah. I always find him so entertaining. Yeah. But like the animatronics looked amazing. They were cute and creepy. I loved how expressive they were. And I just think it was really fun. Like you were saying the the dream sequences having mm-hmm. a folk horror kind of vibe to them. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I think there are some kind of genuinely sort of a unsettling elements yeah. to those that were really cool. Mm-hmm. And like tonally, the movie is a little bit of a mess. <laughs> like, Well, we'll talk about it in spoilers, but there's like this whole section in the middle that I swear is like kind of a different movie. But honestly, I kind of loved all of it. I just thought it was really fun. And that's all I was really looking for. Yeah. And the like Gen Zers that I watched it with that grew up with these video games were really nervous that it was gonna suck after they had read some reviews and they all seemed really happy with it. So there you go. Yeah. I think that there are there are some movies that are not quote unquote good films yeah. that are very entertaining. Right. And I and I think that we need to make space for that to be okay. You know what I mean? Like why are we penalizing something that is maybe not the highest form of art, but is like incredibly like is actually an enjoyable experience. Like so many of the things we watch were blown away by the artistry of them, Yeah, but like, we're not having a great time. (laughs) So So why is one experience like more valid than the other? I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm like right now, I just like need fucking serotonin in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I need joy. And so like maybe there was a time where I would have been way more up my own ass about this movie. But you know what? I had a good time. I had a, an enjoyable experience. And like, are there issues with the movie? Sure. But the overall impact it had on me was positive. And I yeah. think that's really valid. Yeah, I completely agree. And honestly, there have been years where like my favorite movies of the year have been something that has somewhat emotionally traumatized me. Uh, birth, rebirth. Um, Go ahead yeah, and say exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> but um, also three of like my most enjoyable theater experiences this year yeah. have been Megan. Yep. Cocaine Bear. Correct. And Renfield. <laughs> correct. These are all correct. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just need that, you know. Embrace joy. I think that's yeah. the takeaway from today's spoiler-free portion of the <laughs> Embrace joy. Yeah, it's get okay. over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So shall we get into the spoiler territory? Yeah. Hit me with that synopsis. All right. So bear with me because as I alluded to at the top of this review, there is a lot of freaking plot. Like I cut this thing down and it's still like five paragraphs. Yeah. It's kind of surprising for such a goofy movie, but a lot happens in it. Yes. So this is, believe me when I say this is actually a trimmed down version, but (laughs) like I had to, this is, I, 
we are where we are okay like this is just where we are it's 2023 we this is where we are in life okay okay so with that said i want to make it clear there are lots of spoilers in this so if you're still here you are you are on the verge of the spoiler zone so this is your chance to go ahead and hit pause go to peacock go to your theater if it happens to still be showing it and check out this movie and come on back if you are spoiler averse if not proceed I have vamped long enough. You have yep. found the time. <laughs> All right. So Mike Schmidt, he's our lead character, and he's a, he's a bit of a troubled guy. Mm-hmm. When we first meet him, he's working as a security guard in the mall. Uh, he's just trying to get himself some Baskin-Robbins, but he spots what he believes to be a kidnapping in progress, and he heroically catches the man and severely beats the shit out of him, only to learn that, oops, that's the kid's <laughs> father. <laughs> Naturally, he's fired. I'm actually surprised he's not in jail, but no hey. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, this is a movie about possessed animatronics, and uh, so, like, let's just go ahead and suspend disbelief. You know, the Fair criminal enough. justice system is broken. So, anyway, <laughs> we learn that Michael is uh, also raising his little sister, Abby, and he's sort of having to fight off this Aunt Jane who really wants to take the kid, but really because she wants to support checks. Um, so he's fighting to keep custody. When he loses this job, he gets offered a new security guard job, this time at the shutdown Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria from a very camp Matthew Lillard. Uh, <laughs> he declines initially because he does not work the night shifts, but the pressure to keep Abby makes him eventually decide to go ahead and take the job. His first night there, we find out why Michael is so troubled. Uh, It's that he essentially, when he was a little kid, he witnessed his brother being kidnapped. And every night, he tries to remember what happened in his dream. While he's there, during the shift, he meets Officer Hottie, uh, Officer Vanessa, (laughs) who he befriends. And it's very strange and awkward. And you're like, surely there's nothing, uh, you know, strange afoot here. But we'll get we'll get there. (laughs) So eventually there's a whole thing about the babysitters. They come in, they are the body count for most of the movie are killed off by the animatronics. And that leaves Abby without a babysitter. It's a whole thing. I'm not going into it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So he begins bringing her to work. The animatronics, as we know, come to life. And shockingly, instead of killing Abby, they befriend her. But these animatronics, they have ulterior motives. They ultimately want to make abby one of them so we also find out the background of the of why freddy's was closed down it's revealed that it was owned by a serial kidnapper hmm, coincidences upon coincidences who took five children uh but they were never recovered like their bodies were never recovered can you guess where they were that's right inside the animatronics actually it's kind of cool that reveal like when you see how the little trap works and stuff yeah. it's, it's actually pretty cool so during a dream sequence, the we see these children who have strangely coincidentally also have all of these little indicators that perhaps they are somehow linked to each of the different animatronics. And they know something about the kidnapping. And eventually they, they, they kind of talk to Michael and they tell him, like, listen, if you want to know what happened, we can tell you, but we want something in return. You can stay here with your brother and your family back before it all blew up in perfect happiness, but we want Abby. And in a moment of weakness, he says yes, but immediately takes it back. Unfortunately for him, it's too late. And they 
the come and they kidnap her in a cab, which is actually a really funny scene, and take her back to Freddy's to make her one of them. There's a lot of stuff. We're going to skip, skip, skip. Vanessa, <laughs> eventually, Michael successfully defeats the animatronics with Vanessa's help, uh, who in the process reveals that she is actually the child of the kidnapper and she can't stay there and help them because, I don't know, trauma. He yeah. <laughs> uses electricity to defeat them and things are looking great, except for the yellow rabbit arrives, which turns out to be da, 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 the kidnapper, Vanessa's dad and Michael's career counselor, one Matthew Lord, camping it the fuck up again. They fight and eventually he is defeated through art. That's right. Abby draws a picture of the yellow rabbit killing all of the children, reminding the animatronics or the ghosts inside the animatronics who he really is. They turn on him and drag him off, presumably to die or maybe not or maybe not. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also some like father daughter murder. He stabs Vanessa, but does not kill her. In the end of the movie, we see Abby and, and Michael reunited at her bedside in the hospital. And then in a post credit scene, which you mentioned, there is another animatronic in the cab, teasing more Freddy movies. There's also what sounds to maybe be Matthew Lillard's character alluding to still being alive Yeah, in, in audio. And that is Five Nights at Freddy's. Believe it or not, way cut back <laughs> in terms of the plot <laughs> did i do okay yeah yeah you did great i'm having performance anxiety about this synopsis so please reassure <laughs> me no that was great there was a lot in this movie and it, we would have been here all night if you had included all of it so yeah i respect yeah, 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 the choices yeah. you made <laughs> all right we are past the spoiler wall which means you can talk about the dream sequence stuff you can talk about the end you can talk about the matthew lillard of it all whatever you want let's get into it yeah. Um, so first, I just have to wonder. So I watched this movie twice. Once, like I said, with my sister's kids. And then I watched it again with my mom just last night. <laughs> okay. And I'm wondering, for somebody like you who doesn't know the lore and who yeah. hadn't played the video games, were right. there any plot points or like the backstory or anything that were confusing to you? Because she had to ask me a couple times, like, what, like, different thing about things. Um, not really. I mean, I... I don't know that we ever got resolution about whether like it was definitely him that also stole her bro- his brother, right? Yeah. But we don't know who where that kid is. Is he inside the little doll that like turns around? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. That's Balloon Boy. Okay. So they're definitely teasing that, but I don't know about okay. that cuz like that that kid that was kidnapped isn't actually a part of the games or the books or anything as right. far as I know. So does the lore in this, like the story of the ki- serial kidnapper that like hides the mm-hmm. children's body, that, is that from the games? Oh, yeah. Those kids rotted inside those suits. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> you think, like, honestly, what is wrong with the police that they couldn't find the bodies? Like, right? they would smell, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, mm. I think there's Commentary on police. I don't either know. Either the I books or the games where it's like they're drippy, like they're oozy. Because... Ooh. Because they're just full of yeah. rotting child flesh. Mm-hmm. That sounds like an awesome it's metal, wholesome. metal band name. <laughs> Bonding child <laughs> So, no, I, I wasn't that confused. I felt like, if anything, I, I, I was a little underwhelmed by it because I was hoping it'd be something weirder and creepier. Partly yeah. because it wasn't that long ago that we all saw Willy's you know, Right, uh, Willy's where they Wonderland. used basically the, in, 
the same plot device. Yeah. Yeah, but there's like a whole thing about like sa- like a satanic uh-huh. cult that you know like there yeah. there is more complexity ultimately to that that origin story. Yeah. I think so William Afton like a, is just yeah. like a serial killer who's trying to like extend his life or something. So why like the children immortality? though? Well, cuz he's also just like a, a serial killer who likes to kill children, I think. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like a there's a theory that Mike Schmidt is actually William Afton's son, Michael Afton. It's oh. like a alias or something. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that's important. It's not important. No, honestly, you know what, though? It's adding, like, I didn't know how much of this was movie invention and how much of it was game. And it sounds like very little was movie invention, except for maybe the dream sequence and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that whole, like, kidnapping plot line with Mike Schmidt is all, and, like, his his daughter, I mean, the, the sister, that's all new. But, like, okay. Vanessa is in one of the games. Okay. As his daughter. Okay, so I mean, like, they really (laughs) actually did follow the games. That's really interesting. Yeah, well, like, even, you know how Mike, he goes to, like, touch one of the animatronics that's just, like, inside the closet, and it almost, like, clamps on his hand? Yeah. And then they were gonna, the animatronics try to, like, put Abby in it later. Uh That's a character from the books. So, like, they they added a ton of stuff. And when, when the animatronic goes to find Abby later, and, like, they go in the cab together, that's Golden Freddy. That's a different freddy than the other freddy okay actually yes yes that actually was a thing that i was like is this an editing error because like there's the pristine one and then he has a lot of like damage to him so that i i had forgotten about that yes that was like a thing that i was like did they cut something out why does he look different? So I that's the part my mom was confused by too. Okay. 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 So <laughs> but it's glad like it's a whole, just whole different thing. Yeah. Anyways, I, I do think though, obviously without that, you can still like enjoy all of it. It's just, there are so many things that you notice like once right. you, <laughs> once you have as much useless knowledge in your head as, as I have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that it's useless. I think it probably added to the experience. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. I'm a little I'm a little jealous because I love it when I catch <laughs> the Easter eggs. Like when yeah. I would like watch Game of Thrones and I'd be like, "Now you see." <laughs> like I kind of miss having that kind of knowledge. So so no, I I think it's I don't think that's useless knowledge at all. I think it, it benefits you and like enhances the yeah. experience. But um I don't know. I thought this movie was like I was saying before, it was so much fun and I know that there weren't a lot of deaths in this movie and they're kind of crammed into this one scene where like the bad guy hooligans or whatever are destroying the pizzeria. But I thought those scenes were so much fun and I kind of wanted more, more of that part of it, you know, (laughs) because when the woman got chopped in half and you just kind of see it as a shadow, that was rad. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene where you're looking through the security footage and you see, I think Chica and one of the others, maybe like looking up at the security camera and just like yeah. slowly places the cupcake into the vent to like go attack that. Yeah. Guy. That was yeah. so much fun. Uh huh. I don't know. That cupcake is very entertaining too. I love the cupcake. The cupcake is my favorite. They're all really cute and everything, but the cupcake, it's just so wacky and weird. Yeah. And like deadly because it can get some places. I, I enjoyed all of the vent stuff. Yeah, yeah. The vent stuff was really cool. And I wouldn't have minded if there had been even more of that kind of stuff and it had been a little more vicious. But again, this is like a PG-13 movie made for like preteens and stuff. So 
yeah. I get why they didn't go that route. I will say that it's interesting because in the beginning, there's like that early scene where it almost seems like they're going to go saw with it, you know? Yeah. And, and then it, you know, transitions. And then you get these scenes where, like we were saying, they're being chased down hallways and through the vents and everything. Yeah. But then like midway through the movie, it yes. shifts to yes. like an animatronics dance party plus it's fort building wild. montage. <laughs> it was why I was so confused yeah. by that. I was like, why? I was like, where? I mean, on one hand, I was kind of like so thrown off that I was like, this is interesting. Where are they going to go with yeah. this? They've completely defanged all of their villains. Yes. So when it starts to turn back again, I was like, okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> because I yeah. want to be scared by them. I want that Five Night at Freddy's experience that, you know, has made them, you know, a cult classic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think those, like, those scenes are goofy and fun, uh -huh. but it doesn't necessarily, like, serve the horror of the movie. No, for no, sure. no, 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 no. <laughs> Except for that it does create, like, a weird tension of, like, is this going to turn? Yeah, yeah. Right. They do um, feel kind of like a dog that you don't know if it's going to bite. You right, especially I mean with scenes. the little kid being there, you yeah. know, and you don't yeah. know if they're in danger. But it is weird because you are kind of ping-ponging back and forth between goofy animatronic stuff and, like, childhood trauma slash child murder, you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, it's it. there are some, like you said, there is definitely some warring of the tones. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I don't know. I think it kind of almost works as, like, a tension break and yeah. probably kids needed that. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that this movie serves, like I said this before, that it is like perfect starter horror and that this oh, thing yeah. is going to be like some childhood thing where like where kids are enjoying this movie. And I and I was thinking about sort of like the life cycle of the Matthew Lillard, like the Gen Xers were all like, you know, we know him from Scream. Like that's our Matthew Lillard. And then the, yeah. the millennials know him from 13 Ghosts. Like that's their Matthew Lillard. Uh -huh. And now the like the whatever this generation, is it Z? I don't know. Like yeah. their theirs is going to be this version of him. <laughs> but I like right. that he's like become, he's re reinvented himself as sort of like a horror icon for different generations but yeah. he's the same wacky fucking weirdo in all of them he just like in one of them he's a teenager one of them he has a suit and now he's just like a weird <laughs> old dude in some like with like a pocket protector and some stephen king glasses like he's yeah. so great oh and did you notice the the scream knife wipe that he does when he's in the bunny suit uh no i missed it yeah <laughs> oh no i'm gonna have to go back and watch it that's so funny yeah yeah, um, I think for me, as much as I appreciated that there, this movie does a lot, you know, there is a lot of plot. I think I'm just like, we talked about this actually on Bloody Good Horror, we were just doing the no, uh, no one will save you. Okay. Is that, is there a movie in 2023 that is not Roller around trauma? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to bring that up too. I literally have that in my notes because I feel like I'm over it at this point a little bit. Yeah. Like, I respect so many movies that have that as like a core theme but i'm i need a break a little bit for a while like i need people to pick a, a different theme a different like emotional wound something to like yeah. examine in these horror movies everything cannot be about trauma yeah like let's get back to like some systemic horror yeah yeah i also just feel like matilda and i talked about this once in an extended episode when you weren't around and about the idea that like sometimes when you reduce characters to like a traumatic event, it is yeah. reductive. Like that's all yeah. the character becomes then is this yeah. trauma. 
Yeah. And it just yeah. gets exhausting after a while. I mean, like, I get I get what she's doing here. Like, she's yeah. giving – there is this sort of, like, I assume not a ton of character to er- to Mike Schmidt because she's, like, just the – he's your avatar. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. So, like, you have to build something, right? And to have him had have this, like, childhood trauma of a kidnapping when dealing with a kidnapper, like, I get why that makes sense. And I do think it does add – it adds depth to the film. I'm dealing with personal fatigue, just like personal fatigue. Yeah, I don't think it's something yeah. like specific to this movie or really right. any of the movies. It's just that like collectively we've done it so much that I need us to move on at least for a while. Yeah, <laughs> like, just let's break. pick a new thing. A little break, <laughs> yeah. a little breaky break. I mean, to be fair, like we're all such a traumatized people at the moment. Yeah, maybe it's that's not... part of it too. Yeah. We all went through just like a massive collective trauma and then the ripple effect of having that trauma in your life, the way it like it like we have a shared trauma and then the way the individualized way that that trauma is manifesting and rippling into our life. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm at my trauma ceiling. Like, I, I think maybe that's why I actually really liked this. One of the reasons I like this movie so much is I the other parts of it are just so escapist. Yes. And I think I'm just absolutely thirsty for escapism right now. Mm-hmm. I want silly. I want light. I want kind of stakeless. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. This movie really delivered that in a fun way. And so like when the trauma stuff comes up, like I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing there and I appreciate it. But I also just really want to be scared by the like giant furries. <laughs> Right. I know. I mean, that's the thing is like those dream sequences when the kids have the different like hats that match the animatronics. Yeah, I love that. And where they like all are completely still and then the music hits and then they run off in opposite directions. Like that's creepy and unsettling. And I really, really like that. I like the drippy black eye stuff, too. I thought that was cool Uh visually. But a lot of the character of Mike is focused like solely around how traumatized he was by that. And yeah, I just think it makes his character a little bit one note too. But also, yeah, this is like a really fun movie. Yeah. (laughs) Like 90% of the time. Yeah. So when you have to keep kind of focusing on that trauma stuff, it's like it makes it slightly less fun, I think. This is what I'm talking about where he was just like acting his face off. Like in those dream sequences, like especially when he's like having to decide between his siblings. Like that shit is like he is playing it like it's (laughs) Sophie's choice. Yeah, (laughs) I know. know. (laughs) Which like kudos to him and his performance and kudos to Emma Tammy for getting that performance out of him. But like I, it does. The fact that this did so well and that she's expressed interest in doing sequels and we know Bloomhouse is like about a franchise great now we know who mike is like i'm excited to see who he is on the other side of this having like kind of gotten some of the answers that he needed having decided that he is like raising this kid like connecting connecting with her because like there was this this whole other plot line of like their disconnect that was like almost made it feel like maybe she was on the spectrum or like you couldn't really tell Mm -hmm. what was going on there but like they have like found their way to each other it might have just been her like dealing with his trauma you know what i mean that right. was separating yeah. them so i feel like there's a chance for him to have like a little bit more com- like complexity to his character and like have a little bit of a hero's journey and josh Hutcherson's great in this i'd love to see him get to do more and and continue we're gonna have to work on vanessa's character a little bit she's a little she's a little something else to do yeah, but i want to bring her back they need to revisit that for sure yeah, yeah. But, but I don't know. I, I, how do you feel about, are you ready for a sequel? Do you want to see a sequel to this? 
Yeah, I actually do. I mean, this was fun enough and I feel like they kind of worked out a lot of stuff in this about the world and scene setting for the next film. I would be uh-huh. very curious to see like what else they could do with it. And I don't really know everything that happens in all of the games, right. but I do know that there are these withered versions of the animatronics that are hella creepy looking. And I would very much like to see them in a future movie. Cause I think it could be really scary. Well, I don't know if they'll like, go that right. I, I, I need a FNAF primer so i'm gonna count on you to send me to a video so that i can like i want to be able to be the nerd <laughs> that enjoys all of the easter eggs so okay. i need like a, i need a basic primer before we go into the sequel okay so that's actually a good question like you know a little bit more where would you like to see a sequel to this go oh that's a good question ah uh, i'm not actually sure all i really thought about was that was these animatronics that i've been wanting to yeah. see in a movie i was hoping this one would have it but um, they didn't. Here, let me send you a picture so you can see what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, let me see these withered. Oh, they do look creepy. Yeah, right? Like but broken I also think down ones. There's like a whole backstory with like William Afton and how they invented the animatronics with his like business partner and uh-huh. his kid, Michael Afton, and how like he was involved and kind of like traumatized as a kid. I think you get all that stuff in there and it would be really interesting, but... I don't know because okay. I haven't played like all of the games and I know that as much as I do know, there is so much. And frankly, I've probably blocked a lot of it out. <laughs> fair, fair. Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited to see it. I, I hope that there's a sequel. I could get down with like just this silly fun thing every October. Hell yeah. Bring it on. Or November. When did it? I don't even remember what day it aired. But like a fall adventure, like a fall Five Night at Freddy's adventure would be great. Yeah. We haven't even talked about Mary Stewart Masters in. Okay. Oh my gosh. She's so fun in this. I do love you think her. she's actually dead? Or do you think they'll like want to bring her back? Uh, I mean, I think. Uh, I'm trying to remember. How I, honestly, I watched it once when it first came out. How did she die? Remind me. Well, like the Golden Freddy comes to her apartment, but you don't actually like, I don't think you actually see her die, but then you see her body, but just her legs or something. Oh yeah. She's not dead. No way. Yeah. I know that you said that Emma Tammy was saying that there's a lot of stuff that's set up and like stories that are yeah. not fall. I feel like she's one of those because it's so fun to just see her back on my screen. You know, I, know. I grew up with her in the eighties. I have yeah. and nineties. I have a deep love for her. It's fried green tomatoes, Ugh. Minnie and June, some kind of wonderful, like she is an actor that I really, really love. And she's always been so cool because she's just like, yeah, I show up when I show up and I don't. Yeah, I it's fine. Yeah. Like, I don't need this. I'm Mary Stewart Masterson. I have three names. You know what I mean? Like, and I <laughs> love her and she's great at this. You're ridiculous. <laughs> I, it, it's so much fun to see her back in this and see her like having such a great time. And like, yeah, it's very mustache. Her mustache. Yes. 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 <laughs> like a cartoon villainy to her performance for sure like i i feel like in the future we're gonna see her again and i'm ready and anytime she wants to be something i'm like yes yes please yeah and i would even like to see abby again like i thought she was a good like a decent kid actor yeah enjoyable to watch and i mean i think she has to be in the next one right yeah i would imagine that'd be weird to have just michael and not abby like they're like abby went to boarding school or Or like the uh, dad got his shit together and came and picked her up or something are they are the dad is the dad alive yeah it's just the mom that died and the dad like fucked off to god knows where 
Oh, that is not good. No wonder they're all traumatized. No wonder they're trauma kitties. <laughs> all right. Well, any final thoughts about Five Nights at Freddy's before we wrap it on up? Um, I don't think so. I do have a question, though. Okay. So we know that Abby has been, like, seeing imaginary friends that she communicates, and it's later alluded to that the yeah. kids are those imaginary friends. So, like, what's up with that? Was there some connection that Abby had to them prior to her going to Freddy Fazbear's that – I just, the, I'm just not The little brother, right? Like, is it just the, that the little brother is somehow yeah. controlling it? Okay. Well, no, okay. I think the little brother is her imaginary friend, and like, oh, I thought the blonde kid was her imaginary friend. I thought it was the little brother was her imaginary friend, uh, and like they're all okay. friends with him because he's probably in one of them. Right. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like, I think that because like she knows all the stuff about the brother, right? Right. Right. I assumed it was because like yeah, she was friends. with i don't know that was my interpretation I, that could be no, wrong that makes, you've seen it twice i've seen it once so you'd probably know better than i would yeah but that not. was that was my <laughs> thinking and maybe i'm just filling in blanks because no i think that makes perfect sense all right awesome okay so final verdict would you recommend yeah i would like don't listen to the killjoys this is a fun movie just don't yeah. expect it to be brilliant it's just yeah. an entertaining good time yeah. and frankly the animatronics are so good looking and so charming you should just watch it for that alone Yep, I agree. This thing is just a fun, light, easy breezy watch. You can just put it on and do your thing and and, and pop in and look at the parts you like. And I think it's yeah. a fun pop. As our Sarah would describe it, it's a popcorn muncher. It is a yes. very tasty popcorn muncher. <laughs> All right. For those of you at home, did we get it wrong? Did we get it right? Do you just want to say hi? I don't know. You can always email us at Rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page I'm or. Not sure. Oh God. <laughs> Siri, mind your business. My goodness. She's trying to get in on the podcast. Right? So I did I tell you that she like she hates me? No. Siri hates me. Why okay. does Siri hate you? I don't know, but she will not listen to me. And then when she does, she scolds me. <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah. You, you'll have to ask Justin about it. Like he can tell you all about how Siri like basically yelled at me in front of everybody. Oh my I was like, Siri's always listening to me. It's really creepy. And she was like, like there was like a beat. And then she's like, I am not always listening to you. If you are concerned <gasps> about the poly, you can listen to our privacy policies. And did it. like, oh. she like yelled at me. Damn. And, and she would not play <laughs> songs that I wanted her to play. And then when I said, do not play the song, she's like, I have favorited this song. Like, what the hell? Yes. Siri, That's hey, so she weird. has a vendetta I don't... against me. Oh, that's so interesting. I don't, I don't use Siri. I have it turned off on my phone, but. Now I'm kind of curious. Yeah. She probably likes you. She likes Randy. She does everything he asks. She does not like me. That bitch. <laughs> careful. She's always listening. <laughs> no matter what she says. The fact that, that this she is going to be your horror me, movie, Rachel. Well, this is that the horror she movie you're going to star in. scold me means she likes me too. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Siri don't like me. I like Siri. <laughs> I think she's very pretty and smart and I enjoy her. Please don't kill me. And I <laughs> um, okay. So. Anyways, as we were saying, you can slide into the DMs at ZG Podcasts on Instagram, Twitter, and Threads. And if you're enjoying the show, and it would be very nice if you could see your way over to whatever uh, platform you're listening to this on and leave us a review or rate us. It means a lot to us. makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside, and it also helps other people discover the show. Uh, so if you believe in the mission, you can rate and review us. 
And if you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight, because you've already watched this movie four or five times, you can check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com, where we keep track of all the spooky doings that are on all of the various streaming platforms. Uh, A new one was announced like two weeks ago. That's right. There's more. They're always adding, adding those streaming services. (laughs) You don't want to have to keep track of that. Well, why would you when I'm already doing it for you? So check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com. And if you want to support us with some cash money, you can do that a couple of ways. You can buy some of our awesome merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. Or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombiegirls. You get bonus episodes, extended episodes. You can hang out on the Discord and probably other stuff that I'm forgetting. But honestly, the Discord's the best of all the perks. So do so. All right. So that just leaves our plan for the next episode. And it's a me pick. It's yes. my turn. And I am so <laughs> excited about the me next too. one. This it I haven't watched it yet because I'm waiting to watch it. Do you know how freaking hard it's not? It's, it's so hard. People on our Ugh. Discord have started watching it and I'm Ugh. dying. So jelly. <laughs> but don't worry. The wait, the cruel wait is almost over. We are going to be reviewing one of our most anticipated movies of this year ever since we heard about it for the first time on this show during an interview we are going to be reviewing the latest film from the adams family where the devil roams directed by zelda adams toby poser and john adams and we have been watching this with great anticipation every single thing they've shared on social media Every, every, like, teased it when we interviewed them. You should go back and listen to that interview if you did not. After Hellbender, we had a fantastic conversation with them. They are lovely people and fabulous filmmakers. Cannot wait to watch this movie. So excited. I'm dying. I'm so excited. I've literally been just, like, following them on social media. Every time they posted a picture from the set Mm -hmm. while they were filming it, I got more and more excited. It looks so cool. The trailer looks amazing. Yes. So I I have to confess, I haven't watched the trailer. Oh, exciting. Yeah, I want to go in it? cold. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going in totally cold. I'm going on based only on the images I've seen and the, what they told us on the interview. Yeah. Um. So, I because, like, that's enough. I'm, like, the point <laughs> of a trailer, right, is to sell you. Yeah. I'm sold. You're already uh, sold. There's, there's nothing in that trailer that's going to make me more excited than I already am. I am, like, yeah. When they dropped it, I couldn't 10. help myself, but I agree. <laughs> I usually totally like Totally understandable. Yeah, I mean, like, I watched that Lisa Frankenstein trailer as soon as it drops. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. Sometimes you got to watch it. But this one, I was like, nope, I, I want to go in as cold as possible. I, like, I know I want to see this. I know no matter what, it's going to be fascinating and strange and unique. And, like, that heart. We talked about it last time, how, like, because they're they're collaborative filmmakers, they don't have a voice. They have a harmony. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see what they make next. Ah! so excited okay so everybody go watch the where the devil roams because we don't want to spoil it for you and we want you to be able to listen to the whole episode you got two weeks get into it where the devil roams watch it yeah all right unless people are sticking around for the extended episode where we're gonna be talking about thanksgiving then we are done for this episode take us out thanks everybody for listening to another episode of more deadly we hope you liked our review of FNAF and oh <laughs> that God. you enjoyed your time watching the movie. <laughs> be back here next time for our review of Where the Devil Roams. It's going to be a good one. I already know. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Hello, everyone, and 
welcome to the extended episode, aka Oh yeah, uh, yeah! <laughs> it's gonna be a real sexy show about Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I started. I I tried to find something a little more creative. I was like looking up ro- about animatronics, robots. Like I found cool stuff, but they were uh-huh. all videos that uh, have like visual elements. So I was gotcha. like, well, that's not gonna work. So then I was like, what else is going on? when I googled things and it didn't really go anywhere and then it was like three minutes till we were supposed to record and I was like wait a minute it's Thanksgiving we'll talk about Thanksgiving it's perfect yeah but I also realized that we're talking about Friday Five Nights at Friday FNAF we're talking about FNAF so (laughs) I very quickly did a little google search and found a quiz where we're gonna find out which character are you oh interesting okay and if there's anything we know about me, it is that I require high quality FNAF <laughs> quizzes. So we're going to start this quiz. All right. All right. Your enemy deserves to cry, get betrayed, live a miserable life, suffer, die, get killed by me. Oh. Suffer. All right. Ooh, okay. All right. <laughs> What is your favorite way to kill your nemesis? Headshot, poisoning, suffocating, torturing, assassinating, executing? Hmm, that's a good question. I do like the idea of assassination. Oh, okay. I like it. I like that you're going hard with this. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go headshot. Make it quick. Okay. Mm. All right. Do you think killing is fun? No, not really. It depends. It could be. I feel like a lot of these are a little repetitive. It could be, yes, killing is the most fun thing ever. <laughs> I don't think it's fun. Or so, I don't think it would be. No or not really? No. Okay. All right. What would make you kill another person? Oh. Nothing. Anger. Hatred. Memories. Irritation. Anything. Irritation? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, what was the one after anger? Uh, hatred. Yeah, let's go with that. Which of the following phobias seems like the most relatable one to you? Darkness, fear of tight places, fear of clowns, fear of blood, fear of invisible creatures, or fear of knives? Interesting. Invisible creatures, huh? Tight spaces, probably. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, which of the following tools would you... Oh my God, there's 20 questions. Okay, which of the following tools would you use to kill someone? Gun, bomb, rope, knives, hammer, hands. Knives? Okay, ooh, up close. A little stabby, stabby. All right, all right, all right. Which of the following words makes you feel good? Comeback, outsmarting, friendship, revenge, power, helplessness. (laughs) What the fuck? <laughs> Let's go friendship. <laughs> oh shit, I put revenge. I probably should have picked it. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> Ooh.